America. This is the Frankly Daniel Show. And yes, my name is Daniel Francis Baranowski. And yes, I'm the Daniel and the Frankly part of this enterprise. And as you know, or I hope you at least know, it is my weekly exercise of our First Amendment rights. Now, what, now whether you're, you're new to the Frankly Daniel Show or, or, or a longtime listener, welcome and thank you for joining me today. I am very excited about today's show. And next week's show as well, because today's show is going to spill into next week and maybe even the week after, but at least it's going to take two shows to get through. And what topic could possibly fill two weeks of nonstop talking? I think COVID-19 could just be that topic. There is so much to talk about with this topic, so many dimensions. But the one thing from the very top of the show I want to make you aware of The virus came here from China. After that, after it hit our shores, everything thereafter, whether you're talking about censorship, vaccines, masking, social distancing, any number of things uh, that have happened since then, they're all on us. We have done whatever we've done with COVID to ourselves. All the virus did is get its, get its butt over here. After that, all the nightmares start with the way we've handled COVID-19 and are still handling it to this day under the mandates and dictates and the ridiculous information coming out of our CDC, our hamstrung FDA, and a very dishonest Joe Biden. So, as I said, I'm very excited about today's show, but first, first we should start with Some wisdom from the ancients. Now, according to Buddha, three things cannot easily be hidden. Now, before I go further, I want to ask if you have any guesses on what things can't easily be hidden. Well, the three things that cannot easily be hidden are the sun, the moon, and the truth, according to Buddha. Now, I've designed a corollary to this saying. You know, it's just an add-on. Uh, to the basic truth of this saying. And the fourth thing that cannot easily be hidden are the COVID-19 lies to Americans by Joe Biden, Anthony Fauci, and Dr. Rochelle Walensky, who's the director of the CDC. Today, let's take a trip down a very dark and sinister COVID-19 memory lane. Now, I have several audio clips I want to share with you today, and I usually have audio clips. Uh, just so you know, I select these audio clips uh, according to ones I believe you probably haven't heard uh, during a, usually a very busy day. There's so much, so much going on in, in the news, and things can get blown through in, in 30 seconds and on television or on the radio or in a congressional hearing or some other format, some other uh, uh, convention that you don't get to hear these things. Uh, there are clips, like I said, from congressional testimony and, and others from the past you may have f- forgotten. Uh, once you are reminded of these, it helps bring some of these things we're going to talk about into focus. Um, some of the clips today are going to be unusually long. Let me just say that right off the top. 
And some of these clips, I, I think, cannot be edited down and still hold the integrity of the full clip. And that's why I play them in full. Now, I should say right up front on Joe Biden's clips, I always take out the dead space. And, and you could uh, interpret that as being anything Joe said is dead space. But he has very long pauses between his sentences uh, when he ever, uh, whenever it strikes him to actually put something in a complete sentence. But uh, something that could last five minutes with Joe can be edited down to about uh, three, three minutes and 40 seconds just by taking out the dead air in them. And so those clips I'm talking about, I will play in full, with the exception that I've edited uh, the ones from Joe. Two of what I would call longer clips today are, are ones from Fox News and the others from a congressional uh, a hearing, uh, a testimony given by multiple physicians, one in particular, to the House Select Committee on COVID-19. Now, the same Republican-led House Select Committee on COVID-19 is going into another hearing next week on March 8th, and they're going to be talking about the origins of COVID. And that should be rather entertaining because that has come up in the news again recently. We're going to review that in just a second or two here. But uh, there's a lot of controversy that's gone on with the origins. A lot of this has to do with foreign policy going forward. And, and there's some really interesting reasons why we're very concerned that it came from China and unfortunately didn't come from Germany or France or one of the other uh, allied countries. Um, but as I said before, most of what I want to concentrate on today and probably most of, of next week is going to be on the things we have done to ourselves, We were in complete control of what to do with the virus. Now, in some instances, the virus forced our hands to do certain things. But some of the stuff we did was, was not only counterproductive, it actually hastened the death of people in nursing homes and a lot of other facilities because of stupid uh, treatment, stupid policies that were put out by people, even when they knew better. We're not talking about, oh, if we only known this, then we wouldn't have done this. No, we're talking about policies, come hell or high water, they were going to do. And we're going to, we're going to explore that um, today and next week. Now, I also want to say right up front that of all the people that I think there's not a lot of blame to lay at their feet, and that would be Donald Trump. Yeah, there were probably a few things Donald Trump could have done differently that may on the margin have made a difference. He did block... Tra travel from China right away, even at the protest of the Dr. Fauci's and all the other people that were concerned about xenophobia, which has never been their concern. They just didn't want to be exposed for some of the practices they, we, we learned later they were already doing in China, like gain-of-function research. But also their concerns about whether we ought to be tussling with this giant called China, since so much of our strategic supply line comes from China. And we'll talk a little bit about that too, as to how you got to be careful about rattling the big red dragon. But what was it that Trump could have done? Well, there was a call for ventilators. There weren't enough ventilators in the country to treat patients who went into acute respiratory failure from this virus. And so he used the presidential powers and he got companies producing ventilators, and then all the protective gear that had to happen right away. And you have to remember, the people that were last in charge of all of this stuff, including governors, Democrat governors like in New York, 
instead of buying ventilators, they were buying some other woke program or whatever, as we find out. But uh, they left the pantry bare. And it's a very interesting uh, dynamic because when you look back, the pantry was really bare. And yeah, maybe somebody on the Trump team, like the Dr. Fauci's or the CDC directors or the first responders in the government, should have pointed out that we don't have enough masks, gloves, protective gowns to, to even handle the first 100,000 people, much less the, much less the first million people that come in. But nonetheless, there was really nothing there. There were ventilators that were in the federal stockpile were old and questionably uh, serviceable. Uh, we didn't have enough uh, PPP, as they were fond of calling it. And so we had to ramp all that up. When it came to testing for this, this was left to Dr. Robert Redfield, who was the new CDC director in the last two years of the Trump administration. And Dr. Redfield, for all his credentials in virology, was really incompetent as an administrator. And the first reference laboratory tests that were to be produced and sent out for this were a failure. They gave false readings. And so it took an extra six to eight weeks to ramp up just reference testing, much less any broad-based testing to go on. Uh, What was the testing good for? That's a big question. Well, you got a diagnosis. That was fine. But you were told to sit home until it got really bad, and then you came to the hospital. That was the entire wrong approach. Instead of treating COVID initially, aggressively, with some of the medications that everyone tried to censor. Uh, Instead, we waited to the very end when COVID had already got a galloping head start on the respiratory system, and it was nearly too late to turn it around because once you went on a ventilator, your chances of coming off the ventilator were terrible. They were just absolutely terrible. And I talk about this as a registered respiratory therapist in my past life, so I do know a few things about this. So we had a a bad approach to that whole thing. Trump wanted to concentrate early on on therapeutics because we didn't have a vaccine, and everyone said it was going to take a gazillion years to produce a vaccine uh, to deal with this. And we didn't even really know what it was yet because it took us a long time to genetically sequence this virus and come to understand what kinds of uh, vaccines you'd have to produce uh, to, to thwart this particular virus. And Trump got started on that. He went into a warp speed program, and he got that going. So he was producing all the things we needed to produce, cotton swabs, uh, applicators, masks, uh, goggles, anything that you could possibly imagine. But there wasn't enough of it. It, it, it. The supply of it was in shortages in different places and oversupplies in some places. Hospitals were hoarding it because they didn't know what they were going to get sacked with. There was a lot of confusion. And you know who didn't help with any of this confusion? As we come to find out, it was Dr. Fauci, who was telling us first not to mask, then to mask, then don't, don't leave home without your mask. You need to wear it everywhere, outside, by yourself, uh, while you're praying, in your car, while you're swimming, and all kinds of st- stupid stuff, to the point that he even went to double masking. And I'll just cut to the chase, because this will come up in, in our our dialogue as we go along, definitive studies have now come out. And you're going to hear other people say this too. Definitive studies. And I, and I was, you know, I don't want to pull a Hannity here, but I, I've been saying this stuff since February of 2020. 
masks don't work with this kind of viral respiratory uh, disease. They just don't. Nobody can wear them that well uh, through the whole sequence. So masks should have never really been put in place. I don't care what the circumstances were. Your chances of getting this virus were there. Uh, just because the virus is ubiquitous, it's so small, it penetrates, and nobody can tolerate wearing a mask that is totally sealed uh, around their nose and, and their chin and everything else. In fact, people with beards, uh, it's a folly for them to put on a mask because it gets around that. I mean, if you were to wear an N95 mask properly, you should have a shaven face. Uh, I have a son that's a, a registered nurse, worked in an intensive care unit. He had to shave off his uh, mustache and beard in order to wear an N95 while, while he was at work because all the hospitals jumped on this masking. And it's part of the thing is we had nothing else. So the, the public health officials like Fauci said, we have to tell them something. We have to tell them something. So then they had us going to uh, washing down surfaces. And we find out later that, you know, this is not the kind of disease that sits on surfaces you pick up. And, and you infect yourself that way. But that didn't stop us from, uh, to, oh, I mean, the tons, the tons, the tons of hand uh, uh, lotion and hand sanitizers that we manufactured and bought. And a lot of that's good in just standard practice. Yes, you should wash your hands. There is a, a purpose to hand hygiene, um, and that's well and good. But you know, when you went down the aisles in Costco at your local grocery store, there was always somebody, sometimes two or three you know, uh, guards that were sitting in the aisles and whatever you touched, they were come right after you and they'd wipe that down so there wasn't any residual COVID that you may have left behind. We find out all of that is just nonsense. I don't know if you remember the, uh, uh, the videos of Dr. Uh, Sanjay Gupta on CNN. He was going through the YouTube uh, instructions on how you sanitize your groceries that are coming, uh, delivered groceries, like on Instacart, or how you went about um, uh, dealing with your packages from Amazon, and how you gloved up. The whole thing was quite an interesting procedure in and of itself. Uh, when the basic understandings of this disease uh, weren't, uh, never were the underpinnings of these kinds of actions. We find out later that social distancing uh, is also a bit of a folly. Nobody knows where the six feet came from. We finally found out that nobody had any rationale for it. Somebody said six feet in a meeting. It became the standard. Uh, and nobody knows the difference between seven feet and six feet or four feet or what. Obviously, if you're standing face-to-face -face with somebody, that is probably too close. But other than that, that whole thing is just a sham. But that didn't stop all the stores from buying these little feet that they would put six feet apart so that you know exactly where to stand and give the kind of social distancing to people. You know, I, I, I spent uh, 16 years in Boston, four years in Philadelphia, a very aggressive city. You know, when I went to the post office, um, there was no space between people in the line. <laughs> you couldn't even get it. Uh, you couldn't get an envelope in between the people. They were that that tightly. No one was going to do any line cutting. Uh, I grew up in Arizona. I'd go back and visit uh, my relatives, and I'd go to the post office for them. And uh, I remember a time I was with my my mom, and, and she wanted to know why I was tailgating this guy. And I looked around, and everybody's about five or six feet apart, standing in line. And that's how relaxed it was in Arizona compared. To in Boston. But the whole social distancing thing, what a folly. 
Well, let's get started with some of those clips I've been telling you about. Here comes one from Dana Perino on Fox News. Uh, it's pretty self-explanatory. So much for a conspiracy theory. President Biden's energy department has concluded that COVID most likely escaped from a lab in Wuhan, China. And now conservatives are saying, told you so. They claim the revelation is yet another black eye for the media and big tech. At one point, you could find yourself banned from social media for even bringing up the possibility of a lab leak. And remember when the media and Dr. Fauci were quick to dismiss it. Just weeks ago, Dr. Anthony Fauci rejected the conspiracy that coronavirus was man-made in a lab in Wuhan, China. Both scientists and the U.S. intelligence community agree that this coronavirus was not man-made. That is not a possibility. Really just take a critical scientific look at the evidence that's available. Our belief is that it's much more likely this came from an animal. You said the overwhelming amount of evidence indicates that's a lab leak. I believe most card-carrying Viral phylogenists and molecular virologists would disagree with you. I'm really sorry that the lab leak has become such a distraction for so many people, because frankly, we still don't know. There is no evidence really to say. And the White House is downplaying the report because nothing is conclusive and also then defending Dr. Fauci. There is not a consensus right now in the U.S. government about exactly how COVID started. Uh, there is just not an intelligence community consensus. The president believes it's really important that we continue that work and that we find out as best we can how it started so that we can better prevent a future pandemic. And we have been grateful to Dr. Fauci's wisdom. We've been grateful to Dr. Fauci's advice during the COVID response. This is someone, again, who has spent his almost entire career uh, fighting for the well-being, the health of the American people. But that's not the only thing people got wrong about the pandemic. One study concluded natural immunity provided just as much protection as being double vaccinated. And another, this one gets me, found that masks made no difference in stopping the spread of COVID. Now, Dana mentioned five things I, I think I've gleaned from this short clip. First was China, the virus that came from there was due to a lab leak, most likely with some confidence. She mentioned censorship, which is a huge topic we're going to get into. She mentioned natural immunity, which there was a huge fight over, if you remember, with Rand Paul taking on Dr. Fauci at every step. And we know who won that fight in the end. Natural immunity did. She mentioned masks, which were, oh, there's so much to say about that. I'm going to love talking about it. And she also talked about the defense of Dr. Fauci. You know, the left is very, very concerned about maintaining Dr. Fauci's uh, uh, pristine integrity, which is really a crock of you-know-what. Now, unquestionably, the coronavirus that gave rise to COVID-19 came from China. There's no dispute about where it came from. And Donald Trump rightly called out China for what he was sure was a negligent lab leak out of the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Now, Trump preferred calling COVID-19, the China virus. Uh, now, he called this deadly virus many other names, like uh, the Kong flu, uh, the Wuhan virus, but his favorite, unquestionably, his favorite was the China virus. The, the liberal leftist media, went, they went berserk in their condemnation of Trump uh, for just about anything, actually, but his condemnation, condemnation of him for, for calling it the China virus. Somehow they said, this was racist, this is a racist label, and that it only exacerbated xenophobia in America. 
And I didn't know xenophobia was such a big thing in America that we're all running around being xenophobes. But um, if you haven't noticed, everything in America, according to the left, is racist. Even saying racist is racist. Uh, Just think how the Spanish must have felt all these years after the Spanish flu was found to most likely have originated in the United States and not in Spain. Now, that 1918 influenza pandemic was the most severe pandemic in any of the history we could remember. And it was caused by a familiar virus called the H1N1 virus with genes of an avian or bird origin. It's estimated that about 500 million people, or about one-third of the world's population, then became infected with this virus. Uh, uh, For those of us into trivia, the population of the world in 1918 was just just under 2 billion. It was about 1.8 billion. So when you're talking about uh, 500 million people becoming infected, that is... That's a pretty hefty. Uh, that's a pretty hefty group. The population scientists estimate that about 50 million died worldwide, and about uh, just under 700,000 died here in the United States of that flu. But they called it the Spanish flu. Now, more than 21 million people died from the Spanish flu, which means it really dwarfs what uh, COVID-19 has done to the world, even at 10 million. Uh, deaths estimated in the world from COVID-19, 21 million, particularly given there was only 1.8 billion people. That's a pretty sizable takeout, any way you slice it. Now, the following is a clip of some very aggressive liberal leftist network reporters, and that includes ABC, NBC, CNN, MSN, all, all the regulars. These are reporters commenting on Trump's tag of the virus from China as the China virus. The president referred to the coronavirus as a, quote, foreign virus. And I think it's going to smack, uh, it's going to come across to a lot of Americans as smacking of uh, xenophobia. The administration's labeling of this virus as foreign is undoubtedly playing into the rising xenophobia about it. Trump isn't cautioning us to check our racism, but is rather stoking xenophobic sentiment. The president says it's a foreign virus as if this was launched on us like an attack. We know what that's about. That's about him playing xenophobia, works with his base. Why do you keep calling this the Chinese virus? Why do you keep using this? Because it comes from China. It's not racist at all, no, not at all. It comes from China. You you know, every, every time I hear Trump say China, well, it's almost like I'm afraid he's going to say vagina. Comes from China. Comes from China. Comes from China. As far as I'm concerned... I do believe the coronavirus that became the original COVID-19 disease came from China. Moreover, I believe it escaped from the Wuhan lab, and I also believe it was created as a gain-of-function experiment. I don't believe the Chinese intentionally released it. I think it was a total accident. I do believe it resulted from sloppy lab protocol, and those who initially mishandled it are likely were the first ones to die of it, so I think the punishment was pretty high for mishandling it. Furthermore, I believe the National Institutes of Health, our NIH, and more specifically the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, underwrote 
part of this gain-of-function research that created this monster. And more critically, that Dr. Anthony Fauci, the director of the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, was the grantor-in-chief of this project. You see, there was a moratorium, a presidential finding and moratorium on gain-of-function research anywhere. Obama put that out, and Trump doubled down on that. And somehow, it appears that Dr. Fauci found a way around that by funding gain-of-function research overseas. So none of that was being done domestically, and that somehow, that by giving this grant to an intermediary that then granted the money to the Wuhan laboratory, there's all these arm-length approaches to his involvement in this whole thing. So there was a lot of interest in making sure from NIH and from Dr. Fauci's division within, within NIH to go ahead and, and make sure that this was always something that sprung from nature, had nothing to do with any experimentation. In other words, Dr. Fauci and Dr. Collins had every reason on earth and vested interest in squashing the lab leak theory. Now, this is my opinion, and I come by this opinion from reading every possible thing I can get my hands on about this evil fiasco. Dr. Francis Collins and Dr. Fauci used their considerable influence to demand scientists and virologists in particular to toe their party line about the COVID-19 origins. It came from nature, not from, a, you know, from some kind of test tube experiment. It came from an animal host. And they had reason to demand this kind of respect from the scientific community because they control $45 billion annually in scientific research grant awards. Now, that, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of dough to throw around. This claim would be preposterous if it was not already insane that this was from nature. To date, no animal host necessary to function as an intermediary has been found. And believe me, the Chinese have looked and looked and looked some more. They've looked everywhere. They have not been able to find any intermediary for what happened in Wuhan. The Chinese have a very, very vested interest in supporting Dr. Fauci's claim that COVID-19 is a naturally occurring and not a laboratory manufactured bioweapon. I'm sure you know just about what time it is right about now. Well, it's about time to hear from Kamala or Kamala or Vice President Harris. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to take a break, a very short break, and then it's time to come right back because every day it's time to come back and hear the rest of the story. And do I have a lot of important information? You'll be happy you made the time to come back and hear. So hit the head, hit the fridge, and hurry right back. You know you're loved here on the Frankly Daniels Show, and I'm not kidding. For 40 years, alarmists have been warning of a climate catastrophe, yet none of their dire predictions have come true. Temperatures have not soared, sea level rise has not been unusual, and extreme weather events have not increased in either frequency or intensity. In short, there is no climate emergency. For 15 years, the International Climate Science Coalition has led the call for climate realism and a Made in America climate plan. 
a plan based on real science that responds to the real-world needs of Americans, supports economic growth, and strengthens our essential infrastructure. A plan that protects the environment and ensures that Americans can enjoy the blessings of clean air, clean land, and clean water for generations to come. It's time to put ideology and pseudoscience aside. It's time for a sensible climate plan. For more information or to donate, visit our website, icsc-climate.com. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day, yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Hello, hello, America, and welcome back to the Frankly Daniels Show. Enter President Trump. Enter Governor Ron DeSantis. Okay, okay. Oh, stop it right there. I'm sorry. I got. I just got a little carried away with the potential uh, presidential candidates. But, but back to the show. The truth is, Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis had a lot to do with the outcomes of COVID-19. Trump has always believed that COVID-19 originated in a Chinese lab, and in particular in the Wuhan Institute of Virology, as a gain-of-function mistake. As usual, President Biden continues to play the dumb game of, uh, I don't know. So when Biden assumed the presidency, he quickly canceled any further investigations into the origins of COVID. Now, don't you find that interesting for someone who's already been accused of being soft on China? But, of course, Congress and other concerned parties posted and protested, and Joe reversed course and charged our intelligence agencies with re-examining the question. And now the spin on Joe is that he's always wanted to get to the bottom of what caused all of this grief and aggravation. Thus, we now have heard from the Energy Department in addition to what the FBI put out. But all intelligence agencies are they're treading carefully not to come out directly and accuse the Chinese of manufacturing a bioweapon. They tag their findings with low degrees of confidence, which makes one wonder 
what is the value of a finding, in essence, that you have very little confidence in? In other words, they have said essentially nothing. It could be this, it could be that, a little of this, a little of that. It is, it's the same thing as saying, yeah, we too think it came from the lab, but we don't really have any confidence in our opinion. So why all the tippy-toeing around China's feelings? Uh, simply two factors. Pick one, the other, or both. China controls our strategic supply chain. There's no question about it. China could stop shipments of critical life-affecting, life-saving materials immediately, and we would be in a world of hurt. China is also critical to the progressive green energy ideologues like Biden and the progressives in Congress. Well, China refuses to submit to the John Kerry's of the world in their climate pollution, climate change, and therefore climate danger theory of our green energy religious zealots. It's nevertheless happy to sell us all the green technology they can pack into a con- cargo container. Now, Biden and the Marxists, but the pushing the green energy would stroke out if electric vehicle manufacturing stopped because China stopped producing lithium car batteries, not to mention all the solar panels shipped from China. Now, of course, we could find alternative sources for these materials, but nothing's going to happen quickly. We saw what happened when the incompetence of Joe Biden and Mayor Pete Buttigieg met just a year ago. I mean, our supply chain collapsed and cratered. What was the problem? Let me remind you, there were hundreds of cargo ships, mostly from China, which could not dock in L.A. or in Long Beach. Now, most everything on those ships were items that we don't make here in the United States. The second reason is the Biden administration doesn't want to anger China because the Biden crime family has its proverbial butt deep into the influence peddling and corruption game with actors very close to the Chinese Communist Party. The Chinese can blow the whistle on Hunter and Joe at any minute, exposing their financial graft and corruption, and that just wouldn't look good for a 2024 run for the presidency. Now, here's one of those longer clips I promised earlier. The following is a long expose by Brett Baer of Fox News that was aired just the other day, March 2nd, 2023. Now, it took some some work to put this expose together, uh, and Brett does a very professional job in presenting the information. So here it is. The origins of COVID-19 and what happened over the months. But with new information and new details just within the past few days, we thought we'd go through it again. More than three years ago, this mysterious virus began to spread in Wuhan, China. The World Health Organization said at the time, initial COVID-19 cases seemed to be connected to a wet market in the city of Wuhan. But behind closed doors, a new theory was discussed, that the virus originated in a lab. Some officials pushed back publicly on that idea, but over time, agencies and experts have increasingly begun to support the lab leak theory. January 2020, the world first learns that patients in Wuhan, China, are suffering serious complications from an unknown virus. And we soon realize infections from a novel coronavirus are fueling a fast-spreading global pandemic. By mid-month, the first U.S. case of COVID is reported in Washington state. 
Health experts conclude the outbreak is due to human-to-human -human transmission. It's really a big difference with the Chinese this, this time now. They look like they're being quite transparent and cooperative with us. My apologies for interrupting this audio clip right about here, but did you hear Dr. Fauci say, it's really quite remarkable, it appears the Chinese are being very cooperative with us this time around in discovering where this virus came from. He's the only one who's got this opinion. No other scientist appears to have this opinion. If anything, you're going to hear from the FBI director, China has been nothing but a stick in the mud about all of this. We now return to our regular broadcasting. In January of last year, Fox News obtained internal communications from the National Institutes of Health. Those emails from the earliest days of the crisis revealed NIH head Dr. Anthony Fauci was warned COVID may have leaked from a Chinese government-run lab, the Wuhan Institute of Virology. January 27th, Fauci is told the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases has been indirectly funding the Wuhan lab through EcoHealth Alliance, a U.S.-based scientific nonprofit that had been working with novel coronaviruses. January 31st, Dr. Christian Anderson, a noted virologist at the Scripps Lab, privately tells Fauci that after discussions with his colleagues, some of COVID-19's features potentially look engineered and, quote, the genome is inconsistent with expectations from evolutionary theory. Fauci reacts immediately and organizes an all-hands-on-deck conference call with colleagues. He tells the deputy director of the agency, Dr. Hugh Auchincloss, of the urgency. Read this paper as well as the email that I will forward to you now. You will have tasks today that must be done. Fauci also holds a conference call with a dozen virologists from around the world. Some immunologists were not convinced the virus occurred naturally. Dr. Robert Gary of Tulane University wrote, I really can't think of a plausible natural scenario where you get from the bat virus or one very similar to it to NCOV, where you insert exactly four amino acids, 12 nucleotide, that all have to be added at the exact same time to gain this function. That, and you don't change any other amino acid in S2. I just can't figure out how this gets accomplished in nature. Of course, in the lab, it would be easy to generate the perfect 12 base insert that you wanted. Notes of the meeting also reveal those suspicions of a Wuhan lab leak are suppressed over concerns that public revelations of Chinese government involvement would do, quote, great potential harm to science and international harmony. Dr. Gary later says a consensus is reached for drafting a report. Quote, one, don't try to write a paper at all. It's unnecessary. Or two, if you do write it, don't mention a lab origin, as that will just add fuel to the conspiracists. Just four days later, five American, British, and Australian researchers, who were all on that Fauci conference call, authored preliminary findings that abandoned their earlier private beliefs that COVID was likely the result of a laboratory leak. It's unclear what new evidence prompted such a drastic 180, but private communications show the various drafts of their report are sent to Fauci and Collins for editing and approval. The records do not reveal if they, in fact, edited the new version. Weeks later, a final version of that report is posted. Again, a total reversal of what those virologists wrote in private emails earlier. March 17th in Nature Medicine. 
Our analysis clearly shows that COVID is not a laboratory construct or a purposefully manipulated virus. But that was not enough to tamp down what multiple sources inside and outside government believed, that the Wuhan lab was indeed the COVID ground zero. Multiple sources say this may be the costliest government cover-up of all time by China. There is a growing belief that the COVID-19 virus originated in the Wuhan lab, not as a bioweapon, but as China's effort to find and deal with viruses to show the world China was as good as or better than the U.S. on that front. So although it's not widely heard in the Biden administration, Part of the explanation for why this virus may have been created in the lab was because China was following through with Biden's recommendation to compete and not to have conflict. And if you believe any of this, please give me a call because I have several bridges to nowhere that I'm anxious to sell. Returning to Brit Bear. Later that day, President Trump is asked about our reporting. More and more we're hearing the story. We are doing a very thorough examination of this horrible situation that happened. The next day, April 16th, a frustrated Collins emails Fauci, wondering if there's something NIH can do to help put down this very destructive conspiracy. Collins' email includes a link to our special report and foxnews.com reporting. A day later, Fauci replies, quote, I would not do anything about this right now. It is a shiny object that will go away in times. A month later, we learned doctors Christian Anderson and Robert Gary are awarded a nearly $9 million research grant from Fauci's agency. A month after that, Dr. Peter Dezik of EcoHealth Alliance, the group that did the original U.S.-funded experiments with the Chinese at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, received a $7.5 million grant over five years from Dr. Fauci. Allow me to interject at this particular point that despite all the opinions of the early looks at this virus by the virologist, who were quite convinced that this was a man-made, gain-of-function-created virus, they all just happened to change their mind after some arm-twisting, and business went on as usual as they all got big, fat grants, including EchoHealth, which happened to be the grantor who subgranted to the Wuhan lab in the first place, they've now all been rewarded money to continue whatever work they were doing. President Biden, a year later, tasks the U.S. intelligence community to probe the COVID origins, but its August report was inconclusive, due in large part to China's unwillingness to assist with the investigation. You clarified that you thought it was uh, not a weaponized thing from the Chinese, but that it may have been a lab accident. It, it seems more and more pointing that way. Are you confident saying that or, or closer to that? You know, I don't think I have any more new information to be able to tip the balance. Certainly possible that this was somehow understudy in the lab, even though it was not human engineered from scratch. I'm quite confident of that. Eight intelligence agencies participated in a review of the coronavirus origins. Four of those, along with the National Intelligence Council, judge with low confidence that the virus likely originated from natural exposure. We think it's more likely that it was a natural evolution. And you Could still believe that? There are more and more organizations I, that point no, right I, to I, a lab leak. 
No, no, that's not so, Brad. No, I mean, there are more it people isn't. saying it. It's not both, so at both all. Both here and around the country, Well, well, well the more, more people saying it doesn't mean there's more evidence of it. If you take a group of emails when people are considering and thinking out loud and you stop there and don't look at the weeks of careful examination by those same people that wrote the emails and then say, you know, now that we've looked at it in the published peer review literature, they explain very clearly why they think it's a natural occurrence. So there you have Dr. Fauci justifying how everybody just seemed to change their mind once we had a chance to just all think about it. And the fact that Fauci sits on scores and scores of editorial boards for peer-reviewed publication of research Very interesting how everybody sort of came to the same conclusion. Neither Dr. Collins nor Dr. Fauci wanted to be put in a situation where they were responsible for funding a gain-of-function experiment that turned out to be a bioweapon that ended up killing 10 million people. And they had $45 billion to work with to help them change people's minds about what happened. The Energy Department determined, with low confidence, the virus likely spread from a mishap at the Wuhan lab. However, some Biden officials and Dr. Fauci have not changed their view on the origins. The work is still ongoing. There hasn't been a final conclusion uh, arrived at here. We may not ever know. That's unfortunate, but that's the possibility that we might not ever know. The Energy Department joins the FBI in supporting the lab leak theory. Well, as we sit here now and think about what we just heard, I will remind you that on March the 8th, there's going to be a televised session, a hearing by the Select Committee on COVID uh, in the House. And they're going to look at the origins of COVID, these very topics, and they're really looking to bust out of all this classified information. They're sick and tired of being stonewalled by people like the FBI and all these other intelligence agencies who say we can only share a little bit. In fact, this story was leaked about the energy uh, di- uh, division coming out with this assessment. This wasn't a, uh, a press release or anything. This was supposedly classified information, confidential information, that was leaked to someone in the press, and this story got out. I'm sure it was leaked on purpose, as I said before, probably to uh, tickle China, especially after the balloon incident, but also to sort of make everybody happy that the Biden administration is still looking into to get to the bottom of this, which they absolutely loathe. They have no reason to want to get into any disputes about uh, the Wuhan uh, COVID virus. Well, part of this Brett Bear interview includes a, a couple of minute clip from the FBI director, Chris Ray, who I've really have had no respect for over the last four years of all the things that the FBI has been involved in. And we won't go over all that now. But this is one of the things his reporting uh, to Brett Bear on the FBI's position on COVID is very interesting and probably the only thing I've ever agreed with in terms of Ray. Uh, talking about. Now, I think he probably was this forthcoming because there's so much pressure on the FBI now 
about being a politicized institution, and it seems to get more political by the day as we watch a lot of the machinations going on with the FBI. But, but here's that piece right now, and we'll talk on the other end. FBI Director Christopher Wray spoke for the first time about that assessment on Special Report. The FBI has for quite some time now assessed that the origins of the pandemic are most likely a potential lab incident in Wuhan. Let me step back for a second. You know, the FBI has folks, agents, professionals, analysts, virologists, microbiologists, etc., who focus specifically on the dangers of biological threats, which include things like novel viruses like COVID, uh, and the concerns that they're in the wrong hands, some bad guys, a hostile nation state, a terrorist, a criminal, the threats that those could pose. So here you're talking about a potential leak from a Chinese government-controlled lab that killed millions of Americans, and that's precisely what that capability uh, was designed for. I should add that, uh, that our work related to this continues, and there are not a whole lot of details I can share that aren't, aren't classified. I will just make the observation that the Chinese government seems to me has been doing its best to try to thwart and obfuscate uh, the work here. Director Ray's comments were as definitive as any official has said publicly about the origins of COVID. Two agencies, though, remain undecided in determining those origins. China, meantime, continues to deny the lab leak theory, saying this week rehashing that will only hurt the reputation of the United States. Republican lawmakers on Capitol Hill are also investigating the origins of COVID and have launched a select committee over that matter and the U.S. taxpayer dollars that were funneled into the Wuhan lab. I should mention that China destroyed all the samples um, and all the uh, work that had been done on this particular virus in this particular lab under the assumption that it was too dangerous to keep around in terms of infecting other people. But it also meant there was no physical evidence to look at. As you may remember, Donald Trump withdrew from WHO once we got into this whole COVID understanding of the role that China had played in not letting this information out when they learned about it from the Chinese to begin with. And Trump also withdrew all the funding. There is one thing we've learned in the last several weeks about classified information. You know, the kinds of documents that Joe Biden had been holding on to and Donald Trump had been holding on to too. And that is way too much of information out of government is being classified in the first place. To this end, Josh Hawley, the senator from Missouri, in, in coordination with several other senators, this was bipartisan support in the Senate, had just passed a bill to release all the classified information the intelligence agencies are currently holding in abeyance about the origins of COVID. That's right. We just passed tonight, just a few minutes ago, unanimously in the Senate, my bill, which will declassify all of the information the federal government has on COVID origins. We need the House to pass, and then we can get this thing done. Listen, the American people, it, it's past time. Show them what the government has. Let everybody see for themselves. Let everybody read it. I'll leave you with a final clip of Marty McCary as he testifies before the Special Select Committee on COVID-19 just this week. 
Next week, I'm going to begin by discussing each of the items Dr. McCary talks about here. Public health officials have made many tragic mistakes during the pandemic. Failure to warn of the pandemic for months, ignoring natural immunity, dismissing the lab leak as a conspiracy, closing schools, masking toddlers, boosting young healthy people, pushing boosters for young people, bypassing FDA expert panel customary votes that we've been using for decades, telling people to wash their hands like crazy, thinking it was a surface transmission problem, when the other known coronaviruses that cause severe illness, SARS and MERS, were both airborne. Routinely telling people that they have to get the second dose three or four weeks after the first dose, when good data came out of the UK that three months was the ideal time for the second dose, lowering complication rates like myocarditis and increasing antibody response. Telling people the data on the bivalent vaccine was crystal clear when it was authorized based on data from eight mice, and to date, no randomized controlled trial has been conducted, and failing to speak out against the cruel and inhumane hospital visitation policies that prevented people from seeing their dying loved ones, a human rights violation. To be clear, public health officials are not wrong for making recommendations based on the knowledge that they had at the time. But that's not actually what happened. They were wrong because they refused to evolve their positions as the data became abundantly clear. For example, young healthy people were essentially spared of this pandemic. They had an infection fatality rate no worse than influenza. In fact, ask anyone who's pushing COVID vaccines on healthy young people, has any young healthy child died in the United States of COVID in the last three years? Do you know, do any of you know? The CDC director didn't know when she was asked at this Congress, the numbers have never been provided, could be two, could be 10, could be 25 kids over three years, far less than other common respiratory viruses. Germany did a study, it was zero kids five through 11 years of age that died that were healthy in that entire country in the population study. So what are we doing using intense dogma, telling 50 million children they have to lo lose their livelihood of learning and being in school and school lunch programs and covering their faces based on what? This intense, intense arrogance is what people are frustrated by, and they have a right to be upset right now. The data was abundant for a long time. We're not talking about making the best decision at the time with the information at hand. We're talking about ignoring in data on natural immunity, over 160 studies now over two years, including a JAMA study that my team published out of Hopkins. Why didn't they even, they didn't even do this study? I too um, am concerned about misinformation. The greatest perpetrator of misinformation during the pandemic has been the United States government. Misinformation that COVID was spread through surface transmission, that vaccinated immunity was far greater than natural immunity, that masks were effective. Now we have the definitive Cochrane review. What do you do with that review? Cochrane is the most authoritative evidence body in all of medicine and has been for decades. Do you just ignore it, not talk about it? that myocarditis was more common after the infection than the vaccine. Not true. It's four to 28 times more common after the, the vaccine. That young people benefit from a booster. Misinformation. Our two top experts on vaccines quit the FDA in protest 
over this particular issue, pushing boosters in young, healthy people. The data was never there. That's why the CDC never disclosed hospitalization rates among boosted Americans under age 50. The vaccine mandates would increase vaccination rates. The George uh, Mason University study shows it didn't. It did one thing. It created never-vaxxers who are now not getting the childhood vaccines they need to get. Over and over again, we've seen something that goes far beyond using your best judgment with the information at hand. We've seen something which is unforgivable, and that is the weaponization of medical research itself. The C CDC putting out their own shoddy studies, like their own study on natural immunity, looking at one state for two months, when they had data for years on all 50 states. Why did they only report that one sliver of data? Why did they salami slice the giant database? Because it gave them the result they wanted. Same with masking study. Well, the data has now caught up in giant systematic reviews, and the public health officials were intellectually dishonest. They lied to the American people. Thank you. I'd like to thank you for sharing your time with me today. It has been a pleasure. I do look forward to next week when we'll pick right up from where we stopped today. You can't believe all the ways that COVID-19 has changed our lives. Until then, I'm Daniel Francis Baranowski, and you've been listening to The Frankly Daniel Show.